Hey friends, my name's Stevie Taylor. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. All alone. Don't try and tease me with your way of being easy. I don't need this shit from you no more. My guest today is Mark Maloof. Mark is a guitarist, singer songwriter, and producer from Sydney. Um, I'd known him Mark for a few years, seen him around the traps, but we had never actually met until we sat down and had this chat. Um, we hung out in his recording studio and chewed the fat. Um, this is an extremely honest and at times very emotional account of Mark's life and career to date, which includes the heartbreaking story of his son Marlo. Um, this is one you really need to listen to right to the end. So uh, I won't uh, waffle on too much more. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for this incredible musician and equally incredible human, Mark Maloof. Cheers. I think we're rolling. Mark Maloof. Hello. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you, bud? I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, good, man. So we're in your, um, we're in your recording space. You're in my um, studio, yeah. We're in your studio, yeah. Um, are we allowed to say the name of the facility? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, so tell, tell us about it. It's just a little room up in Everland Studios yep. in um, Five Dock, and I get the pleasure of looking at my, my good friend Yogi from Random Soul through that window right and he's a ridiculous producer and, and mix engineer and yeah awesome yeah so I get to do my stuff in here and annoy him with my guitar tones yeah right mm-hmm. yeah and how many rooms uh one two three four five I think five rooms right the same sort of setup same setup this yep. is probably the smallest room okay there is yeah yep. but to tell you the truth I just need a spot to store my gear while my daughter's yeah Got my studio in my own house. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a story. Yeah. For now. And yeah. a little bit of a studio. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so what have you been up to? What's this week been? This week's been okay. Um, I can't really remember what I do. I try to sort of take each day as it comes and erase the day before because yep. it's just a bit stressful. But yep. um, this week was a conscious effort to stay home and be with my family. Yep. Which is awesome. Um, is that due to you? You've been out a lot? Yeah, just yep. this time of the year is manic. manic. Of course. There's a lot of... Um, corporates. And corporates and, and a lot of festivals too, so... Okay. Yeah, lots of travel. Yeah. So the weekend was pretty big. Mm. But um, the only work I've done so far this week is a couple of sessions, and then yep. what I showed you before, that pedal. The pedal, yeah. Yeah, so I'm helping out a, a great designer from the States um, called Scotty Smith, who owns Pro Analog Devices. Mm-hmm. I've been endorsing his pedals for a while, and we're working on a boost pedal together. Yeah. So this is prototype two that's come back after yep. a few adjustments. Yep. And it's uh, you got it. You think amazing. that's it now? I love it. Yep. I love it. It's a, it's literally just a vintage boost. Yeah. So. Yeah, it looks really good too. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And I did a session with um a really great friend of mine, a DJ. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. about it. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. So let's roll right back. 
to where it all began, you know, and then we'll sort of work up. Okay. Well, interestingly, it ties in with the family. So the only reason why I play guitar is because my wife, who was a girl that I was chasing when I was 14 years old, played guitar. And I love singing, I love doing little bits and pieces on the piano, but I never picked up a guitar, and she played guitar. Right. So I'm like, well, the only way I'm going to win this girl over is if I freaking pick up a guitar and learn guitar. Right. So I've got to keep up with her. <laughs> so, on ICQ days... ICQ, yeah, man! <laughs> we were chatting, and... <laughs> She's like, oh, you're learning guitar? I'm like, yeah, I'm learning guitar now. Um, can you send me a recording of you playing a song? You know, I want to, you know, learn it. It'll help me learn to play guitar. And I was thinking in my head, I'm going to smash this and impress it by sending something nice back. And she goes, oh, okay, and sent me this classical song that was really difficult. I was like, oh, my God. And I <laughs> literally picked up a guitar for maybe a month, and I was starting to get little group lessons at school. And I spent all night working out this song. I had no idea what I was doing. And then I recorded it and sent it back to her. And then she told me it was from a classical guitar CD. It wasn't her playing. Oh. So in my mind, I was like, what? <laughs> I just learned to play a classical song like a real one? Mad. Maybe I'm good at guitar. Yeah. yeah. The only reason why I stuck with it yeah. from that day on. I was just fascinated. Fantastic. I was like, I wonder how far I can go with this. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I started guitar. And... Um, through school, I probably started when I was in year 10, playing properly, um, and then did the HSC in guitar and really wanted to do music after I left school. But I'm from a Lebanese background, and man, they're ball breakers. They're like, no son of mine's going to be doing music. you got to be a doctor, you got to be a lawyer, you got to do this and that. I'm like, okay. Oh. So I thought, well, I need a fallback subject. However, I spent all my friggin' lady is at school playing guitar and not studying so mm. I ended up going to Sydney Uni and doing a med science course um, for radiotherapy which is cancer treatment with radiation and I lasted three years mm. well actually two and a half years that I would have graduated after my third year but I was two and a half years through and I was working at a hospital and I just went fuck this <laughs> I just took everything off and I just walked out of the hospital. And it was a moment like that. It was exactly like that because I just wanted to do guitar. Like, I wanted to play for people. I used to bring my guitar in and play for all the uh, cancer patients at the hospital. And my lecturers and the mentors wanted to fail me because that wasn't my job description. I was like, what the fuck? Like, music is for heart and soul. Like, yeah, yeah. You can heal people with music. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I was just like, okay, cool. This is not right for me. I'm I'm not a numbers dude. I'm I'm heart and soul dude. I yep. need to get out of this. Yeah. And that was literally the beginning of my music career. So my parents um, obviously chucked a wobbly. Right. And after a month of negotiation, they said that if you go to the Institute of Music, we'll support you. If you don't, we don't want anything to do with you and your career. So I went, okay. You and your career or you with your career? You with your career. Right, gotcha. Yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, no, that up. They've, that, they've always been supportive, but they were... That's ball breaking, all right? <laughs> man, they're levo, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I went to the Institute of Music against my will, but for my parents. And while I was there, you know, I, I tried everything I could to do things outside of the school. So I started doing sessions and I um, met a really great friend of mine, a DJ called Hook and Sling who ended up being very important for my life after uni. Yep. 
but while I was there, I was doing sessions for him. We did stuff like um, Boom Crash Opera and the Pot Bellies. And then I started working with Machine Gun Fellatio, which was really fun. And then doing some um, sub bands for them. So play, playing for them or doing... Playing for them. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. while I was at uni. Wow. Which was weird. It was a wacky time. Yeah. Um, lovely people. And I think they shaped my um, my musician self a lot. Yep. And, um, you know, I probably don't give them enough... Um, Thanks and praise these well, days. There you go. Yeah, and I, I as little as this thing is, but well, Glenn and Melina from Supermassive. They were, uh, Glenn was from Machine Gun Fallacia, the drummer. Yep. And they're just beautiful humans. Yeah. And they really threw me into the fire with performance and live venues and stuff like that. And I, man, I learned so much from being on the road with them. Yeah. It was so beautiful. And I, yeah, I'd love to see them again. Actually, I'm, I'm going to call them up. Yeah, very soon. you have to do that. It's on um, record that you're going to call yeah, yeah, If you I don't, will. you'll be in the shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, I finished that degree. Yeah. Um, still to today, I think the Institute of Music's not the right place, or any music uni is the right place for an, a, a real musician that's born with music in their blood. Yep. Because yep. you can't really design and create a musician from, yep. from nothing. You're either born with it or you're not. Yep. And that's a really harsh thing to say and maybe a, a little... Um, offensive to some people but man I believe it yeah yeah so much more, more, probably more of a place to sort of learn some facility perhaps yeah well there's a lot of things up. that I definitely learned about my guitar like I was playing yeah. things that I had no idea what the names were <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then from uni and from really great guitar teachers like well that's your Dorian mode I'm like what the fuck is a mode what are you talking about mm. I had no idea what I was playing but yeah. then it ties it in yeah. and to have that understanding of theory and that's super important. Do they try? The and, do they try and? Um, I'm speaking for someone who, who has never been there. Mm. When you you're saying it's the wrong sort of place for a sort of a, a natural sort of musician, do they try and take that soul out of you? Do they do they teach you to play a certain way? Like no, they don't. Yep. I I think when I was there, they're pretty liberal with each individual. However. Okay. There is a certain structure and format that I think every musician there should fulfil. And sometimes the creatives and the really brilliant musicians are maybe overlooked because they don't conform to that specific category. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a hard thing. I've, what did I... What, the biggest lesson that I learnt from the Institute of Music was probably... Just being open to play with other people. Yep. So you meet a lot of other musicians that are there for the same reasons you are, or very similar. And to be able to connect with them um, is really important because, you know, like all musos are very individual and unique people. Like we don't necessarily click the same way with a banker that we do with another artist. You know, and I think that was really important to feel that you belong in a community and everyone shares the same fears and, and hopes and dreams and, and insecurities and stuff like that. Yep. That was very cool. Mm. Yeah. And maybe I wouldn't have met those people yep. had I gone to that uni. Mm. Um, yeah, and then when I left uni, I was just teaching a little bit and I made the same decision as I did when I was doing the um, radiotherapy and I was like, no, nah, I'm never going to teach a day in my life. I'm going to make all my money from music and from gigs. Yep. And I walked out on it. Yep. And I never looked back. And since that day, it's just been full-on sessions, playing, became a music producer, yep. which has been really fun and, yep. and successful. 
and yeah, that now it's the eighth year that I've been doing that, or ninth year, something like that. Oh no, tenth year, ten cool. years, awesome. full time player. Yeah, great, man. which is great. That is cool, and that brings us to today. Yeah, what the fuck? How quickly have these years gone? I know. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's it. Thanks very much, Mike. Well, Thank no, you very much. <laughs> Good night. No, just kidding. Good night. No, no, yeah. So, um, okay, so, so what was your first, um, uh, is break the right word? You know what? I don't think, um, I have ever had one of those lucky breaks. Yep. I don't believe in lucky breaks. Yep. Um, for me, you just have to be as professional as you can. Yep. I mean, you, you. This is a job. At the end of the day, you're a musician. That's a job, and yep. you have to be good at your job to do well. Yep. And for me, I take a lot of pride in knowing what I'm doing and getting the right sounds, getting the right tones, being the right part in a band. Yep. Yeah. So I and I don't understand what people are looking for when they're looking for their break. Is it fame? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, well that, put. Yeah. Yeah. There's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. always a work in progress anyway yeah. to yeah. as a musician. Yeah. Know, we start somewhere and we end somewhere else, but we never finish. Yeah. So. so you're playing with um you're playing with Joy at the moment. Yes, the right. Beautiful so, Joy. Yeah. So tell yeah. us how that sort of came about. Um what you well, I think it's a bit of a mistake because um I didn't know Joy. I didn't know anything about Joy. Yep. And Yanya Boston, I think, got the gig as her musical director. Okay. Um, I think his first choice was Daniel March for the gig. Oh, right. And for whatever reason, it landed in my lap, yep. which I'm really grateful for. I don't usually get called for gigs from certain cliques in the music industry. Okay. There's certain circles that look after their circle, and, and I'm sure. definitely outside of that circle. So when it came my way, I was like, cool, yeah, I'd love to. I listened to the music. I was like, holy shit balls, this is beautiful. Yeah. Then you find out that Joy not only sings like an angel and she plays piano beautifully, she writes all the music, she produces all the music. <laughs> she's out of control and she's gorgeous. She's such a beautiful human. Yeah. And so from the, you know, the first day in, I was just smitten with that gig and I love it so much. Awesome. Yeah, I love working in that band. Yeah, it's just a pleasure every single gig. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And how often are you playing? Not as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know how much I want to divulge in this podcast, but yep. Um, Joy's been signed since she was very young, so mm-hmm. fifteen. She got signed by Sony, and I don't think her potential and her brilliance has been acknowledged and promoted yep. and let free on this world. So we're doing very f- small pockets of gigs here and there. Yep. And we had a massive, massive opportunity with Joy to tour with Demi Lovato right. earlier in the year, and that was a brilliant platform for her to show the world her music. So how did that come about? Uh, <clears throat> apparently... It came from Demi herself, so Demi found Joy's music and just fell in love with it and demanded that she was the support act for the whole tour in Europe, which were 24 shows. So, like that, it happened. You know, the record label didn't want a piece of it. 
I mean, I'm not going to get in trouble by them. So they didn't support her. They didn't look after her. We had Joy, get, George record label. Yeah, they didn't really do anything. So we we literally had to rely on uh, an external manager of hers or good friend that's helping manage her yes. from Los Angeles yes. to fund the tour. Like it, it was him, and so it's just ludicrous how in this day and age. A label's allowed to let an artist disappear, fall under the radar, and just not take on these amazing opportunities. Because at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody says, music and art are so important. Yep. You know, and if there is an artist that's creating incredible music, man, they need to be on a pedestal. They need to be shown to the world in massive spotlights because they have the power to change people's lives. You know, it's not a money thing. Yeah. No matter what people think, music is not money. Music is art. Do you think it might be a case... Is it a case where the label's not doing anything now, but if all of a sudden she starts getting a bit of international traction... 100%. What do you think they'll do? They'll go, oh, look at our... It's not... I don't know if it's international traction. It's when the dollars start coming in. The dollar... Okay, right. Then they go, ooh, cha-ching, I'll cash in now. Yeah. You know, and... You know, is she generating a lot of money? I I don't think so. You know, from all the music sales and stuff, or streaming, yep. there can't be that much money out there, you know, for a record label to go, cool, well, let's invest X amount of dollars to this artist. Yeah. Like, well, those days are over. There's just no incentive, you know. Those days are over. Correct. And that's the days why where I... they used to have that much money, that they'd <clears> throw <throat> all this money at maybe five artists, two of them... May do really well, they yep. just write the other three off. Yeah. But that just doesn't happen anymore, does it? And in the record label's defence, like, I understand, like, there's certain bands that pull in money. They pull in crowds, of they're going to sell out a show, they're going to do all that stuff. But that doesn't mean you neglect really talented artists. Yep. And just go, okay, they're not going to bring in the money, but they're exceptional. So let's promote art. They do not promote art anymore. Yep. It's all dollar. Yep. Yeah. Mm. What a tangent. Yeah. But obviously, I'm very passionate about no, it, and I feel good. really sad that those sorts of people have to go through that. Yeah. Mm. D- does it affect it, do you think? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It, well, it affects anybody. It affects me, and I'm not even yep. signed to the body. Gotcha. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a great future for Joy. That's cool. Great future. Yeah. She just has to rely on the roots method of just building that cult following that's yep. going to hold her up because the labels won't. Yeah. And it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think um, she got recognition from the Demi Lovato tour? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Definitely. I think the the beauty about Joy's music um, and her as a person, if she pulls a new fan, it's not a flimsy one. It's one that's going to stick with her to the okay. end. Okay, right. So it's quality over yep. quantity, yeah, which is not- awesome. It's not bubblegum pop music, will you? No, nah, <laughs> no. Nah. She sticks to her guns, that girl. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So that's Joy. Yeah. And the other artist that I'm working with, I've been producing all the music for a while and co-writing, is Lucy Neville. Yep. And I have to do a big shout-out to Lucy because she's amazing. Yeah. She's 
such a legend. She's unsigned. She's just an indie artist, yep. and she's destroying it. Like she's doing so well. Yep. So one of our songs, I think, is up to almost nine million plays. Yeah, I saw. Man, she's what a legend. And her dad is her manager. Her yeah. sister does a lot of the graphics and design stuff, and that team is exceptional. Yep. And she's a really good example of how any artist in Australia can do everything by themselves for themselves and reap the rewards yep. you know and sometimes being locked in a record label situation doesn't allow for that to happen because they kind of are the puppeteers pulling the strings yep, yep. You know, it's not until you sort of cut those strings off and do your thing until you have control so yeah Lucy Neville amazing everyone's going to check out Lucy Neville cool yeah. I mean I'll, I'll link um, Joy and Lucy Neville and you know your stuff to the show notes of this podcast too so awesome. you know, can check it out awesome yeah and who, who else are you working with now? Um, well through Joy I've met a, a brilliant producer called Dr Khaled and so the recent sessions I've done with him is a Dua Lipa um, song um, with DJ Tiesto and then oh, yeah, cool. Ty Dolla Sign yeah. track where I played some beautiful guitar parts over there and he's got a a lot of work to do in the future so I've got a lot of sessions coming up okay um, and he's brilliant and then reunited with my um, my good good friend Anthony who's known as Hook and Sling and he definitely shaped my production life yep. like I was working alongside him in America for many many years mm-hmm. and so started doing some more session work for him for his new singles and stuff like that which is nice um, and then apart from my own music which I really need to do I always put it at the back of everything um, it's always the way though yeah it? I know you never get around to doing your own freaking music <laughs> I think it's because like for me that's not my goal like I, I don't want to be recognised as an artist I just want to make music because it's beautiful and yep. music is art yep. but um yeah, I've got to do that too. Yeah. So that's the production stuff that's coming up before the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And your song, Sign Me Up. Oh, right. Yeah, it um, made a short film. Yeah, I wrote that for a short film. Oh, you wrote it for, yeah, I was going to ask you, yeah. how, did the, how did the song get to that short film? You, and they approached you, did they? Yeah, so yeah. the main actor is a great mate of mine from oh, Australia. Okay. Awesome. Who moved to the States, Daniel Lissing. Yep. And he co-produced, co-directed and co-wrote that particular short yeah and they had a Rodriguez song as the final song and they wanted to charge so much money yeah like Marky can you do a song that's kind of in this style I'm like yeah sure it's and really I sent cool, them yeah. the demo and they go do not touch it that's it I'm like okay the go. demo so it's the demo right yeah sign me up yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't had that song in a while. Yeah. Where did you find that? Oh, just when I was, <laughs> when I was stalking you today. That's awesome. <laughs> for this interview. Yeah. Now I think it's at the yeah. bottom of your website. Is it? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't even Is know. it? You don't even know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopeless. Yeah. Who are your um, who are your guitar influences? Because <sighs> man, you, you know you you you're an old soul on that guitar, man. Thank you. Yeah, the videos I've seen and just seeing you play that little bit for me today. Thank mean, you, bro. So, yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, Thank you. I love the old soul part. Yep. Um, guitar influences. Well, my dad had some mad blues albums that yep. I always used to just, well, they were on cassettes and I just used to press play, hear Johnny Lee Hooker playing something, press pause, go to my guitar, 
try and replicate it. That went to Ray Charles songs, and I just there was not any guitar in there, but I was trying to do all the organ parts on the guitar. And then he had Santana and Eric Clapton, and mm -hmm. just it was it was endless. And then I discovered Hendrix and like Animal. Yeah, and, yeah. and then like Stevie Ray Vaughan, he's right. like, man, there's so many yep. stunning, stunning guitarists that I used to listen to when I was younger. Yep. But now where I'm at as a guitarist, it's easy. Like I can narrow it down to one particular player that I love and I just admire so much, and that's Michael Landau. Oh man, so I love. Did Michael. you see him with Steve Gadd? I didn't. Oh, I didn't. I've probably spent most of the night. Um, actually, about that. On this podcast, I've probably mentioned that Steve Gadd show that I saw about ten times, and I reckon everyone's getting sick of me saying it, but I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's jealous. Nobody's talking about, about Mike Landau. It's been Steve Gadd, you know. But um, yeah, he had this the stereo twin deluxe. Yeah, dude. And wow, Time man! I, I spent most of the night watching him as opposed to Gadd. You know, he's. Just an unbelievable player. 100%. And, like, I, I don't think there are many guitarists in Australia that understand what Landau's actually doing. Like, it's all touch. It's all feel. It's totally, all yeah. subtlety and nuance, you know. Yep. That's just mind-blowing. Yep. I think he's phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you know this, but I was lucky enough to do a duet with him. Really? Yeah, one of my original songs that's up on Spotify. It was me and wow. Mike Landau, which is... One of the best fucking things ever. Right. Yeah. In, in the same room together? No, we had to... Oh, it was yeah. LA, Australia, so... Oh, bummer, Yeah, just like literally sitting in the past, I'm like, just do whatever you want, Mikey. Yeah. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, just do it. Yeah. And he came back, like, the stuff that he came back with, I was like, I'm not touching that ever. That's perfect. Wow, that's great, man. Yeah, yeah that was... That's great. So, so yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, he's up there, one of my favourite guitar players, for sure. Yeah, man. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, Michael Lander. Yep. What about? Uh, do you, do you play? Do you play keyboards? Yeah, play yep. keys. Yep, yep. And I sing as well. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sing. Great. Yeah, which is weird. It's only a recent thing that I've actually got the balls to do. So it's right. probably like maybe two or three years old. Okay. My singing voice. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm quite a shy dude, so I don't know if you've ever done one of those Maya Briggs personality tests. No. There's like 16 different personalities right. that you can fall into it like a category that give you a really rough sort of understanding of what your yep. traits are like. Yep, yep. And the one that I've got is an INFJ, which is the most introverted out of all of them. Really? Yeah. Right. So it explains a lot about sort of why I'm so shy and, and I don't really like promoting myself and doing all that stuff. But okay. But yeah, so singing was a hard thing for me to do because that's literally the projection from your body to others. Sure. You know? <laughs> that was scary. Yeah. There's no masking that. So yeah, it's a recent thing. But I really love singing now. Great. Man. Getting lots of singing gigs too, which is great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Out of nowhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's like solo type. Uh, solo both. Like gigs. So yep. fronting bands and then solo gigs and. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some sessions like I've done. Um, some sessions for like Qantas ads, like the in-flight ads that had my voice all over the background. Oh, right. Did some like voiceover stuff. I've done heaps of weird things with my voice. It's, yeah, very weird. Very weird. That's cool, man. It's weird, right? No, but it's cool. 
Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah. I love it. I don't know what's weird about it. That's bloody awesome, I reckon. Good on you for that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like, the other day I was just thinking, I was just speaking to my wife, and it's like, fuck, what have I done with my life? And she goes, well, just write down what you've <laughs> done. And I wrote it down, like, oh, I've actually done a lot. Like, yeah. it's, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Sometimes you, you lose sight of that because you're always sort of, you know, going for the next thing, going for the next thing, but... Yeah, sometimes yeah. you just got to sit back and smell the roses, man. Yeah, Take you do. In. And it's okay to every now and then just go, cool, pat yourself on the back and go, well done. Yeah. Keep going. And that, that I think, reminded me of it. The day before I got married, a mate of mine said to me, take it all in. Whatever happens, take it all in. And what he meant by, because he, he'd got married a couple of months before that. And he regrets he regrets this, but he said the day just went by so fast, he, he, didn't, he hardly remembers any of it. From that moment, I take that with me with just about everything I do. Mm. I always take it in, always stop. Even, you know, if you get that roll on, it just takes some time and just take it all in. I think mean, that's so yeah. important. It is, yeah. Mm. I'm going to do that too. Yeah. I do that a lot with, with my Especially with the kids kiddies. too. Hey. Yeah, man. And you have because to. You've got to be present with them. Oh, totally. If you're yeah. a little bit in front or a little bit behind, it's all over. You've it's got to be over. right there with yeah. them. Yeah. 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 Man, what? How beautiful having kids. It's good, eh? Yeah. Uh, it teaches you selflessness yeah. in the most beautiful way. Yeah. I love it. And you know, as much as people tell you what it'll be like, you've got no idea till it happens, eh? Yeah. You yeah. can't really explain that to people. No. No. You can try. You can try. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. the impact is it's like explaining how to be punched in the head. Yeah. 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 So you were saying to me earlier, you um, I don't know, do you, I don't know if you still do this now, but you spend time in the states going over there to write. Yeah, this is a story, so I'll tell you this. Okay, cool. So I used to go over there, um, religiously to to write and produce with my good mate, um, Hogan Sling. And we we did some amazing stuff. Like off the top of my head, we worked and wrote for um, the Scissor Sisters, um, some stuff with Sia and Kylie Minogue. Some like we had a massive, massive hit over in Japan uh, with Nami Amuro that was supposed to be written for Rihanna. And it kept sort of getting passed out. I think we went from Rihanna to Rihanna to Shakira to Sure, and I was like, no, no, don't stay with Sure. <laughs> and then it ended up in Japan, I was like, I guess that's okay, but it ended up being great. Um, and then we had a whole bunch of releases and and did really well with it. And it was my last trip to um, LA in 2016. So it was February, my wife was pregnant. And at that point, there was a lot of tossing up between whether we move over to America, because I had a lot of things going on there, um, or stay in Sydney. And looking back, I think my drive and my passion to self-promote or, or maybe just everything that I was doing was a very self-indulgent thing. Like, I wanted to be the best at what I was doing. I wanted to be known as a producer. I wanted to be known as the writer. I wanted to be known as the guitarist. Like, that's what I was doing. And when I was there, that's where I got the connection with Mike Landau. I, I hung out with a, a brilliant guitarist called Josh Smith, and he's just a legend. And 
I've, I felt like, yep, cool, I belong here with these badass guitarists, I, you know, I belong here with these writers, this is my future. And I had a whole week left of sessions and, and working with my idols booked in, and something said to come home, and I listened to it, and I'm like, mm, okay, I haven't really got that feeling before, but I'll, I'll go home. And in the past, I've, I've always had sort of premonitions of things, and like, mm, maybe clairvoyancy, but I've always trusted my instincts, yep. and that was a very instinctual thing. Yeah. So I told my mate, my brother, I'm going to go home, I'm going to cut my sh trip short, and I cancelled all my session work, cancelled all my stuff like I was supposed to meet up with Michael Landau there and just cancelled everything. Flew back home, arrived on a Saturday, surprised my wife. The next day was Valentine's Day. So I'm like, cool, I got home, you know, before Valentine's Day. Kissed my wife's belly with a little bummer in it. And I was six months old. He was a little boy called Marlo. And the next morning he died. So it was real heavy Fuck. for me. I was like... I could have been home. I could have been home with my wife. Would this have happened if I was home with my wife? Did something happen when I was away that spurred this on? Like, what happened? And so we had to go through with a stillbirth and met our son and all that stuff happened. And it was very clear to me that my life of self-indulgency and just really focusing on myself, it's just not healthy and I, I, I felt not guilty I just felt sick that I was that direct and focused on bettering myself when I think the real the real purpose of life is to give to others you know and I think it took something that sad and, and um, personal to really teach me that lesson and so I closed the doors on Los Angeles. I closed the doors on songwriting for other people. I closed the doors on all of that stuff. Mm. And just stayed in Sydney. And I do my thing humbly and look after my family the best I can. And thank God we've got another little bubba with us now that's, you know, such a blessing. Yeah. And I know little Marlo's sort of helped that. And, yeah, those days of writing for the big artists are no longer. And I, I really prefer to focus on local talent that yeah. I just think deserve what I've um, gained from working with those artists here in Australia. And like Lucy Neville's a perfect example of that. Yeah. I get so much joy and pleasure helping her and watching her grow and than I ever did working for names over there. And that's been my life since 2016, just living as humbly as I can and just doing it and making sure that I've got enough money to look after my family and splurge and take them away and then happy enough to play my guitar and just keep going as a musician and artist that maybe I am. I just keep growing. That's amazing, man. It's a bit of a well story. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So literally it's only been since I met Joy that I've maybe started dabbling back into artist sessions and artist co-writing. Okay. Yeah. But you'd sort of... But I'll do that from here. I'm not... Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah, what I'm saying. I'm not say. leaving my family again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you know, you get to make that decision if you're going to do it or not. If it feels right. Totally. So and, like, the, yeah. There's, there's, it's just a wank at the end of the day. It's like... You're fucking... You're right, eh? Yeah. Spot on, man. Man, 
it just takes that bit of perspective that yeah most of us just don't have <laughs> totally yeah. I'd much rather work with artists than pop celebrities yep the, to me they're, they're the cancer of our music industry right they're not the providers of soulfulness and, and healing mm. I mean they could but you know I'm sure it's the songwriters behind their songs that do that part yep yep yeah. brutal yep. <laughs> no man <that's... laughs> sorry don't, don't be sorry man that's that's just how it is yeah it's, it's, it's pretty clear for a lot of us mm. Mm. it's interesting yeah it is so going back to what sort of um, you know, we don't talk about figures or numbers or anything like that yeah. but what's the sort of percentage of the different types of work that you do that make up your sort of income for the week right I think this is really important that you yep. brought this up because I think um, like I, I try and mentor a lot of younger guitarists yep. just to help them in the industry and, and give as much advice as I can because it is a bit of a taboo subject income and all that stuff mm-hmm. in Australia you know all these whinges and complainers that say you know Australia should you know they don't support the art we're not entitled no musician is entitled for success no one yep. we have to work for it and this is our job and I think if you're going to live in Australia the money comes from cover gigs end of story yep so we have to do that yep you know, that's where the income comes. If you want to be an artist and you want to do your thing, good luck to you. You don't need to expect Australia to make that happen for yourself. You do it. You can go overseas to another country where they maybe invest in those kinds of people or whatever, but Australia is not really that. Australia, you can be as artistic in Australia as you can anywhere else in the world, but you just can't expect to be given fame fortune and popularity like it just doesn't work so I think in Australia every guitarist that I come across like make sure you really put your time and effort into getting great gear you know do your homework learn your songs and you go do covers because that will fund your life and for me like cover gigs have paid for my house like I own a house in Dremoyne like that's freaking mad yeah if I didn't do that and if I was like stubborn and arrogant and wanted to stick to my guns of I want to be an artist. It's like, well, cool, I wouldn't have that. Yep. You know, and I think you play smart. You don't play dumb. Because mm-hmm. if you set yourself up, you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's right, eh? Anything. Like, you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. And for me, the production side of things, it's good, but I set a, a p- specific fee per track that I do. Yep. And I'm sure to for a lot of people that's a bit high. Like, I charge five grand a track mm-hmm. because I know that my work gets radio play. Like, it just does that thing. Depending on the artist, like I can sort of tailor it, but I <clears throat> because of that price tag, I I don't get that much work come through. Yep. Which is good for me because it tends to take up a lot of time. Yeah. So if if a project comes maybe once every three months or whatever, man, that's mad. That's icing on the cake, and that money just goes to my family. Yeah. Like let's yeah. go out for dinner. Let's go for a trip somewhere. Right. You know? Yeah. But my m- main income comes directly from gigs. Yep. Yeah. I think that's really important for people to understand. Yep. That's what happens in Australia. Mm. And this is a really important thing that I learned on that tour with, with um, Joy and Demi Lovato. She, Demi has hired the, the guns of the world, like the top session players in America, 
to do that show. They are earning so much less than we are in Australia. Yeah. And I think we need to man up and go, us Australians in this music industry, yes, it's difficult, but we're getting paid top dollar to yeah. do what we do. Yeah. And we should be very appreciative because those dudes are working like animals and their their ceiling is below ours, you mm-hmm. know. So it's interesting. It is, yeah. Yeah. So that so that, that um they're getting paid a lot less for the tour work or for the home covers type. Well, there's no money in covers in America. Like okay. it's very very low. So right. they have to rely on touring artists. Okay. And they usually get paid a retainer. Yeah. The big artist, mm-hmm. and it's it, like, I'll I'll be really transparent with people sure. because I think it's really important. My income, my annual income last year was about a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Yep. Their annual income is probably between forty and eighty thousand dollars. You know, mm. like they can't go any higher. They won't unless like they're booked a million times by different right. artists, and they somehow managed to jot them in between dates and just completely cram their diary. But it's just yeah. it's not like that. I mean, there's so much travel involved. That's where they start doing clinics and instructional videos and all that sort of stuff to. That's right. Supplement, supplement their That's right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I think um, it kind of forces people to become, I suppose, an influencer, if you oh, yeah. use that word, because yeah. you can get paid to demo products. You can get paid to go and do a clinic. You can get paid to do a masterclass. Like, that kind of works. Yep. Yeah. And that's actually a really good way of doing it in, in this country, too. Yeah. But, like, Michael Dolce is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. But you have to... You have to know your shit. Like, you've got to be super pro about it. Yep. You can't just be, you know, learning your craft and then doing that. you got to be fucking well and truly. You've got to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are watching, eh? Totally. Yeah. And it's a great thing. Like, if you're at that level, go for it. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> so what What have you got coming up in the... Oh, so we're in the... Like you said earlier, we're in that sort of that silly season now. Yes, it's, it's we're recording this at the start of November, uh, in, uh, end of November, almost start of December. So um, things are starting to get crazy now. Eh? Yes. Yeah. Lots of sessions. Yep. And lots of um, corporate gigs. Yeah, and that'll run through till. I reckon probably first week of Jan, and then it'll slowly die off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But what happens with the corporates, like? They go up to Christmas, and then you get the venues going, fuck, that was great. There's so many people here. Let's try and keep them. So then they book a lot more gigs. So it's a lot of cover gigs that happen in Jan and Feb. Yeah. Yeah. And I work with um, a few bands around town, but um, Martini Club is brilliant. Like, they're legends. So I do a lot of corporates with them. And then Black Diamond Hearts is the band that I do the covers with. Mm -hmm. And they're my brothers. Yeah. It's it's a fucking great gig to do that's cool eh? yeah and so that's probably the majority of the cover work yeah and if I do a couple solo gigs here and there just to fill the calendar yeah yeah that's great man yeah so what's your you know what I want to ask you a question okay sure I hear a lot on your podcast about the current state in the music scene in Sydney yep what's your take on it what do you think of it all I'm still trying to take it all in from the different parties, you know. Um, I mean, I've, I've come from a working 
clubs yep. type cover band, not so much corporate. You know, and we had our round of gigs that we did, and and you know, for the time that I was in that band, that didn't really change. We'd get new ones come in, and so it didn't. I I didn't notice any change in what we were doing. Um, it wasn't until I started talking to these other people that you know, talking about lockout laws and changes and stuff, and people take it really negative, and there's been a couple of guys that I've talked to who have kind of seen it coming, and they've prepared themselves and they've adapted to it, mm. and not not taken it negatively. They've just made it work for them by, by you know, changing their band a little, like just kind of making a situation where they can put themselves into anywhere, whatever comes up because the way that it used to be is not like it used to be, so they've had to adapt. I think the people that are struggling are the people that are still wanting it to be like it was, and they're not willing to change, so they'll, they'll fucking whinge about it, you know, and... Yeah. How was that answer? All right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. it's true. Yeah, and everyone I talk to has got a little slightly different take on it, you know, and it's... It's, been, it's fascinating, man. It is. I, yeah. I think musicians need to realise that we have, like, we're a product. Like, we, ha- we have to be a product that a company wants to take on board. Yeah. You know, and I, I think if you are the wrong product, yeah, you're not going to get booked to do stuff. Yeah. It's just the harsh reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. S- speaking to Victor Rounds, he said, we're cockroaches, man. <laughs> Musicians are cockroaches. It doesn't matter what what happens with the economy and all this sort of stuff. We're always going to come out. It's true. We're always going to come out. People need music, man. Yeah, man. Exactly right. Yeah. People need music. You know? And, you know, one thing you did say, too, is like, things haven't sort of changed too much. With the economy may boom, musicians are still getting paid this. Hmm. And then... You know, the arse will fall out of that. We're still getting still, paid. Still get paid. 100%. Yeah. And there are fee increases that happen very of, slowly. Of course. Which is yeah. amazing. And he said it's it's tiered too, you know, and the different tiers, it, it's it's different. Correct. And, and, yeah. and I think, you know what, that's a really good point to touch on too. There's a lot of cover bands out there that are pretty mediocre. They're going to do gigs for less money because the venues are like, well, why the fuck would we book you? You know, we've got this really good band. Yep. And then the answer is, we'll do it for less. Yep. You know, so those sorts of things have to come and go because venues will go, fuck, if we can save money, let's get them. Yep. But then after a while they go, they're losing people. Like, yeah, that's, they're not good enough. We right. need to go to the other bands. And what happens there, the other bands go, well, you fucked us over. Our original fee has just gone up if you want to book us. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we've seen in in our circuits at the moment. And right. we're, we're charging more than we probably have in the past. That's good. And it's working out for us. But right. it's interesting how those things happen. Like, it's just a revolving door. Cream always comes to the top. Yeah. If you're really good at what you do and you put the time and effort in, you will never be a day without work. That's Ever. it. Yeah. Ever. And I think every musician needs to understand that, you know? It's just the truth. Yep. You know, mediocrity, yes, it may work for songwriting around the world at the moment, <laughs> but it doesn't equal or guarantee work, yep. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. It is. That people don't kind of take that seriously. Yeah. Okay. You know, and it, it all comes back to that, 
don't be a dick as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally, man. eh? Look, man, like, I think in every industry, it's yeah. like that. It's yeah, and you got to find your click. Yeah. Like, I know that my personality is probably very abrasive to some people because I'm super passionate, but yep. some people won't take it as negative and you're like, cool, well, they're my clicks. Like, that's who I hang out with. Like, that's it. There's so many different variables that you need to think about if yeah. you're doing your business. Yeah. Like, any business. Yep. You know, it doesn't have to be music. It could be anything. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of, there's another thing that I want to say sure. on this for the, the musicians in Sydney. Because things have changed so much and there are less gigs, they're just... It's just a fact. Yep. I think it's really important that musicians have alternative forms of income. Sure. To assist those holes per gig. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think if if musicians haven't worked that out yet, I think it's it's time. Mm. They've got to start thinking. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't do one thing and think that's going to do everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's another reality. Exactly right. See, I've like I was saying to you before when you asked what my sort of story was. I'm from the other side of. I've always had a forty-hour-week job, and I've always done my music in the weekends or weeknights or write my own music and do that sort of stuff in my own time. Um, so to be able to drop a gig here and there, and, and even, like like I told you, I, I finished up with a band last year that I've been playing with for nearly four years. Um, I guess I was in a situation where I could do that because I've got I've got this job. I've always got that to fall back on, you know. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to be a professional musician and, and always kind of worry, looking over the edge when... When something might drop out the bottom, and you know you're you're being proactive and trying to set yourself up hmm. for if that happens, you know, yeah, yeah I, I I wouldn't know what that's like. Now, can I ask yeah. a question? Do you feel less of a musician because you had your day job? Absolutely not. Hell no. No, probably less, but a little bit less stressed going into it, I suppose. That's awesome. Yeah. Not was never I never looked at it as a job. Yep. Um, but you know that's just me. That's just my my take on it. Where I come from. I think that's super important to share that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, mm. super important. Mm. Like for me, I, I stubbornly said all my income is coming from music. Yeah. So that's why I produce music. That's why I write music and sell that stuff. That's why I play guitar. That's why I front bands. Like it. Great. You know that's what I do. But that's what you do. Yeah. I think I, I even I like with a family she's like, Well, you gotta chill out a little bit. You can't go and kick every night. You can't yeah. go and catch planes all the time. So for me I I don't know if if you know this about me, but I write about raw, uh, wine. Oh right. Yeah. So this year I, I started this silly little Instagram page where I put up my tasting notes for wines. Oh great. And that kind of got really popular amongst wineries and sommeliers and like wine nerds. Yeah. So that led to me today with my friend Quinn, who's a, a brilliant mixologist. He and I um, put together pop-up cellar doors in Sydney for wineries from all across Australia. So we've just done our first one and, and we had wineries come up from Tasmania and the Brossa Valley. 
and they come up and showcase the new vintages of wine in Sydney, which has never been done before. Yeah. And for us, it's just like, well, that's fucking mad. Imagine if we can build that to a point where I can afford for three gigs a week to disappear. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. And so for me, that's really important that I yep. go, okay, cool. Well, let's build that business up. Great. So in the event that that may happen, yep. which may be pretty likely seeing how Sydney's been and where it's going, do I have that backing? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, yeah, I, I do need that at this stage of my life because I don't really want to have music, music as my primary source of everything in my life. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, being, you're being proactive. Yep, proactive. Yeah, uh, looking past it, especially now that you've got your daughter. You know, yeah, things yeah. become a little bit more serious. There's a yeah. lot more, not at risk, but at play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a domino effect. Yeah. What yeah. you do ripples and affects them. Totally. 100%. Mm. And you, tell me about your music. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm just a hack, man. Like, But where does it come from for you? So where, where does that songwriting come from for you? Is it... Just always done it. Um... I first discovered recording when I first came to Australia in, it was probably about 1997, and my mate left a Tascam 4-track at my house after a jam, <laughs> and I went, oh, what's, what's this thing, you know, and I had this little basement, not it was just like this little room underneath our carport, so I went down there and I had, I had an old SM58 mic, acoustic guitar and little um, oh all those little uh, uh, Dr. Rhythm drum machines that's <laughs> awesome yeah we just set these loops up and play acoustic guitar and and, mm-hmm. and you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't bounce the tracks on this so I had to I had to have the drums on one track and I recorded bass later and then I'd have the vocal and the guitar on the same track off the same mic yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah so, so I just worked, and then I just started writing songs like you know self-taught guitar playing and yeah and then you know sort of built uh, I can't remember what the first the first door I had but I ended up moving from that to Cubase and then went from PC to Mac you know garage band and then to Logic and it's just kind of worked up from there just always played you know Awesome. Yeah, always had guitars and bass around and pianos and yeah. So what do you write about? Just whatever. Anything? No, nothing particular. I, I can't say I'm going to write today and sit down and write something. Yeah. It's just something if I'm there um, and something comes up, I'll put it down and just see what happens. But my songs tend to take two or three years each to... <laughs> <laughs> to That's a long time. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, there's no, there's no demand from. I mean, like I said to you earlier today, I just woke up one morning early this year and went, "That's it, I'm doing it." And I, and I did. I released my my first EP. And I love that. Yeah, man. I did the same. Yeah. My first songs that I released that were just mine. Yeah. But I, it was interesting. I I had a few producers that. Um, wanted to help out and produce it properly and rah, rah, rah. and I ended up just going you know what these songs are like real experiences and I think 
I need to treat this like in the most real way I can. Yep. And so I ditched everything and said to a really great friend of mine, Ryan Miller, who's a beautiful producer, can you record me? I'm just going to play and sing. Mm. That's all I want. So I stripped back all production. It's an anti-production EP. Yeah. Just me and a guitar. And great. I fucking love it. Awesome. It's not going to... You know, it, it, it's there literally for the art form that is songwriting. And, yep. And yep. it's like little treasures that I'll plant for my kids and their kids so they can go, oh my God, granddad, that, that was a mad song. Like, he's yep. a badass. Yeah. That's yep. that's my whole goal now is just to <laughs> release little bits of music that means a lot. Just yeah. plant them everywhere for my siblings and, and kitties to find in the future. Yeah. And I think with my EP, it's... <laughs> I think the whole essence of the songs aren't so much there anymore. It became more about a production thing because I just love production. Yep. I just, you know, um, some some lot of it's experimentation, which you know most people do. I I reckon when they're mixing their own stuff. Yep. But you know, it came out cool, man. I'm 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 wrapped with it. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's There's awesome. One song I wrote about my hometown in New Zealand, which is, which was pretty cool. So I kind of dig that. I've been toying up with this idea or concept in my mind, like um, TV killed the radio star and all that stuff. Mm. Along those lines, my concept now is has production killed the songwriter? You know, and for me, that's a really important question. Yeah, yeah. I think in a lot of cases, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting, how Because production's so important now for radio play. For sure. The commercial aspects of radio. Absolutely. I'm not sure how many songwriters and songwriting gets the forefront, gets a spotlight and those sorts of things. Very interesting. I, I mean, when it happens properly together, when the songwriting matches the production, yep. it's that's what number ones are built from, you know? Of course. But, yeah, it's an interesting little concept that I keep toying in my mind. Mm. It's hard but when, when you, one of your jobs is production like you yeah. can't really delve too far into that because people freaking kick the shit and walk out but yeah but I guess they are hiring you for, for like have it not being your own stuff but when people are hiring you like that they're hiring you for a for a sound that's right the skill set to go produce this yeah that's right otherwise I wouldn't ask in the first place they're not just yeah. going to take a punt are they no 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 yeah. not, not when that kind of money's no exactly involved. so exactly I guess can give you a little bit of confidence going into that, mm. into that um, project, you know. Mm. Where it, yeah, when you're producing your own stuff, yeah, like I said, the lines got a bit blurred between totally that's between the songs and the production. Yeah, hundred percent, you know. And I, I admit that, but that's that, I don't care, man. It's cool. It's out there. I, I dig it. It's I all, love it. I listen the day, to all three of them. Oh, wicked, man! Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Also, and you're singing on them, too. Yeah, yeah. Play the legend. Yeah. No, it's kind of a... It's like, like you said about your singing earlier, um, you know, you, you're sort of shy and haven't really sung, and I was a little bit like that, too, but I just did it. It's amazing when you just fucking do something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, that wasn't that hard. Yeah. And, and I'm not yeah. one to really... To give a shit what people think, you know. That's, creatives. That's the other thing. Yeah. So this, for me, creatives are forever creatively challenging themselves in every aspect, and I think just doing things and proving to yourself that 
you probably overthought this. Yeah. Helps so much development. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. It's very interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely... Yeah. My brain's going. It's trailing. It's getting it's trailing, deep. Yeah, it's getting... I'm swimming, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was up super early too, so I'm starting to lose it too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think on that, Mark Maloof, thanks so much for, for doing this with me and sitting down having a chat. And, and yeah, it was cool. It's it's amazing how two people like we've never met before. Never, no, no. But there's always common ground between all yeah. musos, I think. And yeah, I think sure. it's really lovely hearing those stories too. Cool. Yeah. Like your personal stories are always going to relate somehow yep. to another person's personal stories yep. too. So yeah, I really appreciate this. And I don't know how you found me, but this is awesome. Cool, so thank man. You. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Bloody legend. Cheers, my man. <laughs> thank you. Awesome, bro. Doctor calls up as we're waiting for the rain. She says, Congratulations, a baby boy is on his way. Mama screams as the skies let go. This baby boy will never get to know. Heartbeat speeds up 
As I'm waiting for the plane well, Something told me to be home by Valentine's Day Mama screams as she opens the front door This baby boy, he called his daddy home He called his daddy Shows up as we're shown how much he's grown. The sum of both of us in a life and two his own. Mama screams as we drive back home. This baby boy is love we've never known. Doctor walks up as we're waiting for the pain. She says, I'm sorry, but the baby boy is on his way. Mama screams as his still face shows. This baby boy will never let go. 